Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, is the First Amendment under assault? Also, the B-Team takes a look at guns, guns, guns. And at the State House, it's 1950 all over again. <laughs> you bought an Edsel. <laughs> Devalita, what's the matter with you? Are you drunk? Uh, just a little. A little drunk? Yeah, a lot. On power. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR, and Angie Horn, Republican strategist and all-around great person. Welcome, Angie. I just don't, Thanks for having I don't me understand. Again, guys. What, what happens to my intro when she's here? I, what I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... I don't know if we're back in the 1950s or if we just got sprayed with a manure truck from Back to the Future. But either way, there was so much information and bills being passed out of the House this week that we had, we had five reporters who couldn't keep up with which culture war was, was being waged in which room, Josh. I mean, it was just one of those weeks we passed permitless carry, a riot bill, a bathroom bill, a, it, it's not an, a CRT bill, but it's kind of a CRT bill. Oh, and let's not and, forget the, the, the uh, hormone bill. Well, we got a lot of stuff going on, but let's start off, let's start off with uh, permitless carry passed out of the house. Looks like it'll make it through the Senate. So you can go anywhere in Alabama. You may carry a firearm without registering uh, with the sheriff's office. I mean, there are a lot of people that are in favor of this bill. Uh, a lot of folks are against it. Uh, Josh, you, you wrote a tweet this week that was pretty interesting. You said that Republicans are defunding the police. Oh, uh, they have. Well, I mean, that is obviously a, a, a huge funding source for a lot of sheriff's offices around. Uh, so it is technically defunding the police. Um, it's also, you know, putting more guns on the streets, keeping guns in the hands of, of criminals. Uh, they took uh, in Montgomery alone, Montgomery in the city of Montgomery alone, they took uh, 1600 guns off the street in 2021, uh, mostly by using the permit to, to confiscate weapons uh, from people who they knew to be bad actors. There's no telling how many lives that saved. There's no telling how many shootings that saved. We know that Montgomery already had a record amount of shootings. Uh, so, you know, that was a tool that the police have, which is what numerous officers and sheriffs all across the state, including those who had no financial gain, no financial stake in this at all. This is what they said. And this is the reason why they fought against this was because this is a tool that they use to keep their community safe. And it didn't matter because NRA money was going into the coffers of a lot of these guys. And so here we go. Uh, you know, who cares about the human safety issues when you can get money? You know, we were talking to somebody yesterday who is 
who is in the mental health uh, 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 in, uh, industry or in the mental health uh, job. And it was like, you know what? You, you really need to, to check these people out before you actually arm them. This, this is something that's important. If, if Guys, I'm just going to have to disagree with you all over the board here. Of course okay. you are, Angie. Here we go. When you, when you purchase a, a pistol in this country, you have to pass a background check. Okay? Yeah. You have to do that's that. Not Nothing about this bill stops that. So the people that are being stopped from having to concealed carry weapons are law-abiding citizens. So, so let me give you a news break here, Josh, okay? That's not true. People who are going to it's steal a gun and shoot someone are not going to uh -huh. go, I can't use this stolen weapon to shoot that guy because I don't have a permit. It's that the most is true, but they will carry I've it in heard. their cars when police officers stop them, and it gives the officer the opportunity to confiscate those weapons from them. That is the most ridiculous argument that law that is not. It happens literally 1,600 times in Montgomery. From criminals who stole guns who are not going to get the permit. It doesn't make good sense. It doesn't matter. I've got, what, what do y'all not get about this? It does not matter about the permit. It, the only reason the permit matters is so that when they, they're carrying these weapons in the car, officers can then stop them and ask them for the permit when they know they're about to go out and commit some crimes. If officers are stopping them, they're not stopping them out of some psychic belief that they have something in the car. They have to have probable cause to stop them, which it's means true. the permit becomes irrelevant at that point. But I have an idea for your funding. Oh, it does not become argument. irrelevant. If you if you get stopped for a traffic violation, if you roll through a stop sign, for example, and you and an officer stops you, and then he looks in your car and notices that you have a weapon in that car, and he asks you for a permit, and you do not have one, that is carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, and he has the right to both so, arrest you So let me you explain to you something else weapon. about criminals. They don't leave the pistol on the car seat when the cops pull up, Josh. Come on, but, You know, only 1,600 times. You're right. But what but, you but know, I, right. I will say this to you. I, I, I do have an idea for the funding source. So you, your argument is that law enforcement is losing money as a result of uh, of taxing the Second Amendment. Argument, so I mean, Josh, that's, that's I have one. an idea. Let's tax the First Amendment and charge you a dollar for every word you write, and then we'll be able to refund the sheriff. So if you want to tax my Second Amendment rights, I want to tax your First Amendment right. Well, there you go. All right, we're going to move on to something that's even more absurd. Um, you know, there is already law, there are already laws on the books here in Alabama that say that you, you, you cannot, you know, organize and carry out a riot. You know, riots are against the law. You can, however, have a peaceful permit, a, per, a peaceful protest under your First Amendment rights if you get a permit. You can't just go out and, and, and hold a rally in the middle of the courthouse square without a permit, unlike a gun now that you'll be able to carry without a permit. But that's another story. So First Amendment right is you can protest the government uh, you cannot riot. But Josh, as long as you got a permit. Well, you can protest. Yeah, you, yeah, you, know, you can protest yeah, anywhere, but if you're going to be interfering with the flow of traffic, then you need, you you need to have a permit. permit. You have a permit. All right. So anyway, so we have this anti-riot bill that will make it a lot easier to be arrested if you are protesting using your First Amendment rights with or without a permit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Josh. you can, I, I just put it like this. Every single person at the Capitol on January 6th, not in the Capitol, at the Capitol, on the Capitol grounds, could be arrested, could be charged with a felony, could be held in jail for 30 days, 
could be forced to pay restitution to every person that was injured. Uh, uh, and that that was just at the, not inside the Capitol, just there on the Capitol grounds that day. Uh, Under, the trucker convoy. Yeah, the trucker convoy that's coming through, you could arrest every single person because they're impeding the flow of traffic in an unreasonable manner. I can't believe well, I'm about to say these words, but I agree with Josh. Uh, <laughs> I knew you'd the, be right whole, I, the whole idea that someone who has super bad luck like me and might have been shopping at the Target when, you know, looters came in and all of a sudden now I'm in jail for 24 hours. That's that's a real problem for me. But what I think should happen, I understand the, the intent behind this bill is when riots turn into I mean, when protests turn into riots. But what we yeah. need to do, like what we had in Birmingham, is let's start holding DAs responsible and saying, stop dismissing these charges. If you were at a protest and threw a brick through the window, prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. All right, and, we're going to go ahead and finish your talk. But, so if we start prosecuting the laws in the books, we won't have to keep adding new laws to the books. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. My dog Jupiter is frightened. When I climb too high, the owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Lindy Blanchard started out in a trailer in Wetumpka, then succeeded in business. President Trump named her our country's ambassador to Slovenia. Now she's stepping forward to fight for Alabama. I will use my business experience to create jobs, end vaccine and mask mandates, improve our schools, and restore election security. Driven by faith, trusted by President Trump, conservative outsider Lindy Blanchard for governor. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Well, we had a couple of other things that we could have gone over, but I think we're, we're going to leave them there because it, come back. it was just going to go downhill <laughs> from there. I thought something was interesting, you know, this is Black History Month, and uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's going on in the legislature is that we're trying to pass a law that outlaws critical race theory. Now, critical race theory, we know, is a high-level academic pursuit and not taught in Alabama schools. But what has come down to is a sponsor has said that they want to, to uh, do away with divisive, divisive uh, content, divisive things that divide people in the classroom. Of course, and when I was in school, almost everything divided you in the classroom because you were learning new stuff. <clears throat> a new Quinnipiac poll found that adults in America found that only 27%, Josh, of adults in America believe that they were taught enough about 
African-American history and their contribution to the country and their role in America, which means that a majority of adults who are already out of school thought that they understood the black history in America and that they thought they should be taught more. But what these bills to me say is we want it taught less. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a, well, so, so what they're trying to eliminate here is anything that makes white people feel uncomfortable. All right. Because in their minds, for some reason or another, they believe that the teaching uh, an accurate history uh, somehow divides people instead of giving them an indication or, or knowledge about what happened in in their past in the you know that led to such horrible atrocities as Jim Crow laws as slavery as other things that, that have gone on and instead of believing that their children will take those lessons and and move forward and be better they somehow or another believe that their children are going to be more divided by these things and it's I, I mean so yeah you're, they're right they, they haven't been taught I mean the things that you haven't been taught in school is about black history is ridiculous. I mean, it really but, is absurd. It is, and I totally agree with you, but this is a, a problem that they've created that doesn't exist. Critical race theory is a master's level elective class. It's not taught in public school. This doesn't exist in public school, but what they've done is they have taken this issue and made it an issue that, that, that actually doesn't exist in a campaign, <clears throat> in a campaign season. Now, Angie, I want to come to you because the sponsor of one of these bills <clears throat> has said that he hopes to to see uh, classrooms and America that is colorblind. I don't know how you get to that point. I don't know if that's the point that's trying to be made here, or is this something that people have gotten worked up about? I, I'm just. I'm, I'm genuinely confused at what they're trying to get to here. Sure. So, so I think two things. First of all, you know, under Martin Luther King's philosophy, we all want to be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. I think that's the goal for everyone. And when you, you know, I have an eight-year-old. Children are inherently not racist as children. No child is born racist. That's a taught behavior. I think the point of this, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, whatever you want to call it, is that People want history taught to their children as fact and not opinion. And we've all seen what happens when conservative <clears throat> or liberal educators insert their opinion or their views into facts. If we will just all stick to the facts in the classrooms, and yes, Josh, we need all to be taught more facts. And if they stick to the facts and leave the opinions out of it, I don't think we'll have these issues or these discussions. The problem is, in most of these cases, is that the opinions that people have trouble with are actually facts. Um, and and that's where I think a lot of things get uh, get trampled is we want, and you look at some of the bills. I mean, look, you can disagree if you like, but I mean, just look at the face of the bills okay. that, that we have here, the, the text of the bills, where in Oklahoma, they're trying to teach slavery without blaming white people. Uh, I mean, those sorts but of things, there, there are a number confuse. of these bills out there. So, so, so let me give you a geography lesson. Oklahoma and Alabama are two different states. Now, let me give you a civics that, lesson. This is a, Alabama law is going to flood Oklahoma. Listen, I don't know if you've sat through the legislature or not, but uh, most yeah, often, only about 30 hours this that week. they have, they, they don't write them themselves because they're not smart enough to write them themselves. So they come straight from the factory, uh, the conservative factory, where a lot of these bills go out to all of these different states. And so that bill will be in Alabama probably within the next two years. 
And so this is how we do. It's the same way we got the anti-riot bill, the same way we get in the bathroom bills. All of these bills are written by the conservative think tanks, and they flow down to people who are willing to do it for money. One of the things, and I want to just jump in here real quick. Sorry to cut you off, Angie, but I think I need a point here, is that, you know, we wouldn't have seen these types of bills 10 years ago, Susan, because at 10 years ago, the Republican legislature was concerned more about economic development than these kind of what I call divisive bills. I mean, how how it doesn't this discourage people from doing business in Alabama if why, they see that why, we're why would you want to why would you want to relocate your business to Alabama with the CRT, the bathroom bills, the abortion bills, the 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 crazy pandering bills that we're doing for this campaign. And let's face it, these bills are for nothing but the campaign that's coming up. Why would you want to actually bring your business to Alabama with all of these backwards restrictive laws, the rioting bill. It, it, why I, I would just, you want to come people, here? Anyway, people I, bring their businesses to Alabama because we have a qualified low workforce with a low cost of doing business. That's why cheap businesses labor. come here. That's why anyway, I want, labor. We, we've got two more labor. things. we got two more things I want to get to. Alabama this past week broke the record, uh, and we we're not a good record, over 18,000 Alabamians have died from COVID-19. We still have the worst rate of vaccination. We should all remember that 18 of our fellow citizens, 18,000 of our fellow citizens have passed, many of them needlessly. But before we move on, I want to say that after this week, here is a bill that I normally would disagree with, but I agree with it. After Senate, this segment, yeah. <laughs> Senate committee approves bill to allow drive-through walk-up alcohol sales. Next coming, the stop and drop. Drink them if you got them. Just walk away. What do you think? Man, it's amazing the number of alcohol bills uh, that, that are making it through the legislature these days. It is really amazing. I'll tell you this, if the pandemic did anything, it made the Alabama legislature more alcohol friendly, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> alcohol bills that would not have alcohol bills that would not have even gotten on paper, you know, six years ago are now flying through the Alabama legislature. And 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 I say cheers. Well, you're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now.
the voice of Alabama politics. You know, it is almost as rare that I would agree with Mo Brooks as Angie would agree with Josh, but Mo Brooks this past week absolutely came out and told a fact. Uh, Mo Brooks, when asked about the Durant campaign and their his affiliation with the Lincoln Project, and as we all know, the Lincoln Project were Rep Republicans, never Trumpers, who came out against uh, President Trump and were vowed to cost him uh, re-election, and he lost re-election. I don't know what they had to do with it. But Mo Brooks drew a line from the pack that's backing Mike Durant to this group here in Alabama that is funneling money, which he says could be coming from the Lincoln Project type people, Angie. You, you familiar with this? I am. So Mike Durant, you know, sort of came out of nowhere onto the political scene, had this extremely well-funded campaign, and now Mo Brooks is looking into who's funding him and who recruited him. And it turns out the people who recruited Mike Durant to run and the people who are funding Mike Durant are a lot like him. They're not from Alabama. You know, Mike Durant's from New Hampshire or Connecticut or somewhere. Um, right. But they're also pretty liberal. Um, and, and not just liberal by Mike Brooks' standards, they're liberal by most Republican standards nationwide. And and it, it's, Mo Brooks has not done a lot that I agree with, but he has pulled the blanket off of the secret that Mike Durant's a plant. And he's a plant by out-of-state liberal interests into the Alabama Senate race. Yeah, it's called the more, more, more Perfect Union. And here in Alabama, they're operating under the Alabama pa Patriot Pack, Susan. And, and we follow these. They, they use these packs all the time. And, but he seems like a Trojan horse candidate. He's always seemed like a Trojan horse since the beginning. He doesn't fit Alabama standards. He's not from Alabama. He is he, basically come to Huntsville, which is a, actually its own different country here in the state of Alabama to make his 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 money. Uh, it, it's <laughs> wait a always, minute. <laughs> wait, wait. What? <laughs> well, uh, I'm in a different country. <laughs> yes, you're in a different country. Honestly, oh, anybody that lives in rural Alabama knows that Huntsville is the exception in the state of Alabama, okay? It, it is not the rural, the rest of the rural Alabama. But, but even but, people in Huntsville who know Mike Durant and have known him say, we never considered Mike to be from here. Mike, Mike's not yeah. from, Mike doesn't consider mm -hmm. himself an Alabama resident until it was time to run for the Senate and be recruited by the liberals. Well, well, it just seems you, interesting. I, from what I'm hearing, it's the most positive things I've heard about Mike Durant in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that he defended his father, who sexually molested his Mike Durant's sister, for well, that was, uh, see, that, uh, see, that's where my baseline is. That's the first things I heard about Mike Durant. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there you, you know, go. Uh, you now, these are the, just, the the most positive turn I've heard is that he's sponsored by the Lincoln Project. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're running a, a race where you're wanting to be the 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 outsider you're wanting to be the guy that's not you know from the swamp and the guy's made his total living just off government contracts well i gotta say that if if if, if uh you know standing up for your father who molested your sister all those years is a sign of character well i don't know how much worse it can get in the republican party uh I don't. I don't know where you you, you can live through that. But this is quite the field so, I've got. I, I'll give them that. Yeah. This is quite the field. Uh, At least Andrew, we have a field. Yeah, well, yes. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that I'd be proud of it. Well, what was that Andrew, you, you, Angie, you weren't here last week, so I wanted to get you to weigh in. Uh, and 
right now in the Senate race, you know, we, we've got Mo Brooks, we've got uh, Mike Durant, we've got Katie Britt. And, you know, it, it really looks to me like you've got neck and neck. Now, I know Katie Britt's gone up on air with some advertising. We'll see if that, how that moves the needle. But what are you hearing out there among the people that you deal with? Um, what I call regular people, those those people that don't spend 30 hours a week in the state house or, or follow a lot of politics, I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing a lot of people who are just now beginning to pay attention to this race. The Super Bowl's over, Christmas is over, weather's getting warmer, they're starting to pay attention. The second thing I'm hearing is that people are really tired of Mike Durant's ads. There are too many of them and they don't say anything. And so I think you're going to see, you know, he's peaked. He's going to, he's going to start going down. The, the, the veil has been pulled off of who he really is. Um, but I do think that the next 90 day or next 60 days are going to be, uh, you know, a lot of political theater uh, on, on every commercial break. And it's going to be about which of these candidates can separate themselves in terms of policy. You know, we have a war going on in Ukraine. We have jets flying from China, flying into Taiwanese airspace. We are possibly on the brink of World War III. And I think that that is going to change the narrative in this race, in, in every race, mm -hmm. in, in politics, because you're not gonna be able to get away with standing up with a lot of, you know, words that don't mean anything. Oh, Life just really? So we're not serious. gonna elect any more Republicans, sweet. Josh, life, Josh, I know you think this is funny, but life just got serious. We are on the brink of I, World listen, War III. I understand III. it. Life has been serious for a lot of people for a long, long time now. And the party that you represent most often happens to stand up in front of everybody and say nonsense, just like we have discussed throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, of all the issues that we've talked about so far today, not a single one of them is a real issue that impacts real Alabama families or impacts anybody. Nobody has ever sat around the dinner table at night and said, man, I sure do hope nobody checks uh, or is checking genitals at the bathroom before we go in. Is, Josh, so this is this is the sort of thing that I'm talking about. They they don't and, have a and plan. Your rhetoric is plan, exactly but to what I'm things. talking about, Josh. You know, I could sit here and say, for the four years of a Republican president, this didn't happen. And make this political. But that's not the point. The point is we are here now. This and we need real leaders to take because care of this. the four years with that president, <coughs> Putin, and, uh, and well, I don't around wanna... the world. I don't want to get into that side of it, just way beyond what we cover, but I, I, I think you both make good points here. I want to move on real quickly. Uh, and I, the governor's race. Angie, I just don't see this changing. Governor Ivey is way ahead in the polls. I know some of the talk radio guys now are swinging over to Tim James and Lindy Blanchard's doing the best she can with what she has. I just don't see this thing changing any. No, I mean, look, Blanchard and James are both having events. Literally no one is showing up. Um, there's there's just no, there's no support. And, and I think, honestly, um, if there was going to be any support there, it would have already happened. And it's yeah. it's not there. There's no movement. And and I think if they really want to do what's best for Alabama, they, they know what that is. And it's not continuing to be up on our governor. All right. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.